0: Okay, Coach, we Hello. are setting in our studio. Yes. It's not, and you can talk as loud as you want, because it'll pick it up. I'll do editing. I mean, oh. I don't want you to scream, but you can definitely talk your normal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> studio, studio Dave Wilson. How's that, right? <laughs> studio <laughs> Dave Wilson.
0: And I don't have, you know, everything done in here, but I think I got most of the echo, I think, cut out. We've got our own microphones. We have our own snazzy little recorder here. And uh, we'll get.
1: Mm-hmm. And we got Mr. Joseph.
0: Mr. Joseph is over there napping. Well, kind of. He's watching us, I think, on mm-hmm. the tiny little futon that I purchased. But uh, <laughs> so, my name is Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communication. Coach Greg.
1: My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the owner of SOAR, Coach's Corner. And uh, all-around fun guy, funny, funny guy. Yes, Actually, you are. I think Coach. I'm funnier nowadays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, before we got started, um, you know, obviously we're going to have um, a, probably a couple discussions before this podcast is over. But my question to you before we start it, I don't want to. I don't want to jump off of that at that point I want okay. you to go back to the culture thing
1: okay because
0: I think it will definitely help communities and businesses to hear what you were talking about uh, but my question was can we do an episode uh, on I guess mental health in regard to all that's going on right now so it, for you know posterity uh, right now in America we have uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan uh there's a lot of anger a lot of probably anxiety depression what does this look like how do we look to our enemies what's going to happen in the future to us as a nation not to mention the questions of why were we there why do we give life and limb for it to end up like this those are questions i hear from everybody everybody's Mm -hmm. asking those questions and so Mm -hmm. i think that that on top of maybe rising costs of living the divisive Nature of our country right now just all of the things that are occurring and I don't want it to be necessarily a political Conversation, but just giving the background I think a lot of people can be struggling with you know some thought patterns some things that are going on So I want you to address that toward the end of things we can do Because when I asked you that question we kind of started diving in a little bit about culture and you mentioned Collective culture and then individualistic culture. Right. That I think is going to be really important for people. Can you dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so one of the <clears throat> um, things that really highlights uh, what we call collective cultures, um, they're older. Mm. Okay, so that's one of the things that I will identify them. So we're talking centuries, thousands of years yeah. old, right? And they are primarily homogeneous as well too what does that mean so their language okay the way they look the way they operate the way that they go about their daily lives so you can say their um <clears throat> physical features um speech um way of life what traditions. The, traditions absolutely all those types of things and they tend to be fairly isolated or impervious, if you will, to a lot of external influences that might bring about change in those groups. Okay. So we could say like if we were to take a, a country in the Orient, mm-hmm. let's just say. So they were the same 10,000 years ago as they are today. Yeah. So the technology may have changed some, but the culture is still intact. Hmm. The way of doing things in that country is still intact. Yeah. You know. Yeah,
0: if you look at like Israel, mm-hmm. if you study their history, yeah, you know, they were scattered over the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. and then they became a nation in I think what forty seven, forty nine, May okay. May of uh, one of those years, they became a nation again, and the only way they were able to do that is they maintained their collective culture even though they were spread their traditions their synagogue mm-hmm. uh focus the way mm-hmm. they dress the mm-hmm. way they talk and even if you have some that are maybe more liberal mm-hmm. in their dress and their beliefs mm-hmm. they're still israeli
1: exactly <clears throat> and so that they preserve know, them yes they know it and we know it and so and not judging whether or not if we like it or not we're just simply saying that collective cultures tend to remain intact <laughs> You
0: said something um, I thought was interesting. You said that a collective culture, their are basically ideas. This is who we are, and this is what we do.
1: Exactly, so exactly.
0: That is a culture that, like you said, is impervious to influence. It would shift it
1: exactly.
0: away from that identity. So collective culture is identity as a whole.
1: Right. So you could say that, <clears throat> and they don't change um, through politics.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. okay,
1: so it doesn't matter who becomes a leader in that country. They're still doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 10,000 years. There might be some changes here and there in their political structure, but as far as the, the collective, the nations of people themselves, they've still been largely operating the way that they've always operated since... They come into existence, let's
0: just say. And it's not necessarily good or bad, the way they operate. Uh, Some things aren't good. Uh, Some things are. But what fascinates me is this idea of a collective culture when it comes into the workplace, when it comes into a community. So I want to get back to that, but I'd like you to first define individualistic culture.
1: Ooh. So individualistic cultures are primarily defined by just that one word. There's a lot of individualism, right? So the United States is the one that comes to mind. So we have our own individualistic tastes. We have our own personal freedoms. We have the right to be able to voice ourselves. um, Any freedom of speech, as you would like to call that, uh, let's see what some of the other things that we look at our political um, climate as well too. So there while there is a purpose to it, you can see that there is a lot of individualism in how we pursue the goals in the country. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what that can look like at times is division,
0: right okay right
1: And that becomes the biggest challenge to individualistic cultures, if you will, because division tends to break one down whereas collective cultures tend to remain largely intact, and they tend to experience less turmoil.
0: Well, I know. I mean, I could you know, say, what? I mean, obviously that's true as far as maintaining their culture, but their belief as a collective whole definitely con- comes into conflict with others who have beliefs as a a collective whole. But, you know, when you're talking, like even the other day I was reading um, the Federalist Papers, number 10. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It was very interesting because, you know, when you think about the individualistic nature of America, that was one of the things that was very important, you know, was freedom. Mm -hmm. But they also recognized that freedom could be the Achilles' heel of a nation because it would like everybody would have this freedom and this individual idea of what their life was to look like to where there could come a point where that actually could cause quite a bit of division. And it was causing division even back then. It was, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the, and I don't like the word balance, because I think a lot of people use that as an excuse not to be radical toward their goals, but there is the idea of can't you, let's say in a community, in a, in a workplace, define who you are and this is what we do to create that collective culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yet also respect how <coughs> that might necessarily be expressed where you have both the collective. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are um, like Amazon. Uh, for all his politics and, and everything that I don't agree with, one thing I do agree with is he is customer obsessed, mm-hmm. and he is. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's dominant. Mm-hmm. So that's their culture. I've right. never called Amazon with a problem and not had a fabulous customer service experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to shop local, but you know, just throwing that out there. So you've got Sir Richard Branson, where his employees hate leaving him. Mm-hmm. Because he's created that culture. Mm -hmm. But the way his employees express how they carry out the core values, he gives them that freedom. Is that an accurate statement?
1: Yes. And so I'll just say this. One of the things about the United States is the idea really is quite collective. It is. And so no matter... I mean, if you can imagine an accordion, right, how it's coming in and out and it's making the different sounds. So you could say in a country like the United States, it looks like our accordion is always going. It's it's, it's compressing, then it's expanding. It's compressing and expanding. Ultimately, what that does is it keeps advancing a nation. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that people, our audience in particular, have to understand is that it's the people not the officials but the people and when the people can maintain the idea of what we are really all trying to do mm-hmm. that's what makes the nation really quite strong and a powerful force on the planet yeah because if that ideal wasn't as strong as it was The country doesn't express that type of strength on the planet. I just don't think it does. There's something about that ideal that collects people. And so even though there can be conflict at times, conflicts happen because we have to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, just like parent-child conflict at times. Sometimes it's just going to happen. It doesn't mean that we're enemies, but it's almost like life longing for itself. The people just have to be able to recognize that It is possible for us to all have what we want from this life. And when we're focused on that, it's a lot easier for us as opposed to what we tend to see right now, which causes people to be fragmented, meaning feeling disenfranchised, division. We use a lot of different adjectives to describe what's happening in the country. But ultimately, um, I see it where people are losing their personal power.
0: Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. Which will take us into the mental health aspect in a second. So keep that thought top of mind, Coach. But, you know, the ideal of America, you're right. It's the values. It's the traditions. It's our history. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, we're like an experiment in comparison to a lot of the collective cultures you refer to that have been around for thousands of years.
1: Sort of like the tower, the people before the Tower of Babel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're mm-hmm. a baby when it yeah. comes to that. And we believed enough in the ideal to fight a war, mm-hmm. to have the freedom to be America. Mm-hmm. And the word division to me is like two or more visions. And so when you have people that insert themselves into a culture, whether it's workplace, whether it's community, whether it's a nation, and they have a completely different ideal then that's where I personally feel the most conflict. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when I see what's going over in Afghanistan, when I see policies that to me are not in line with ideals, I'm trying really hard to stay away from politics Mm because you know, that's not what this podcast is about. But when I see these things, I do feel the personal power aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like you feel helpless what can you do? Mm -hmm. You vote and yet you feel that doesn't matter. You wanna work your business, build your future, provide for your, you know, your needs and your desires and you feel that is it even worth it? Is there even gonna be anything? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like is there even gonna be anything to you know, Mm -hmm. so when you take all of that in, I can say personally, because you know, that I have really struggled.
1: Yeah.
0: Mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is, you know, I always say like, you know, control is a reaction to fear. And then anger is a reaction to loss of control. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, you know, we feel like we're losing our power, that sums it up at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to expand on that or just the mental health aspects of what's going on? <clears throat> then I want to circle back to the culture.
1: Okay. So, you know, there are certain things that can happen to us, obviously, when we're younger and we, we're growing up and we're trying to find our way in the world. Yeah. This is a natural course of development. No matter where you are on the planet, at some point you deal with that. Now, if we were to look at a collective culture, it still exists. But it may not be nearly as highlighted as it is in a country like our own. Okay. But trust me, a rites of passage is a rites of passage for man or woman, no matter where you are right. in the world. yeah. Okay. Now, <clears throat> when you talk about where we are presently and the things that have happened over the last couple of years, um, it's almost like our lives have been brought to a, a standstill. One moment we, were, we came Uh, We would come and go as we please. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. This is what I'm doing with my business. We're just happy. Yeah. And then one day somebody says, stop. Yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. And this is the reasons why. Now, we gave a name to it. We called it the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But it could have been anything. Yeah. Right. But the bottom line is we noticed that we started to feel a loss of power. Yes. Okay. And then... Um, it elevated, you know, because, you know, the country didn't like that. People had something to say about it. And then it changed. Then we got more information. It's like, oh, now we have something we call a Delta variant. And again, you know, just because of my position with the Department of Defense, I have to be very careful about certain things that I say. Right. But once that happened, all of a sudden, We realized that we went from being able to look across at one another and see your face to now all of a sudden we have lost that. Yes. That's a part of our freedom, right? And I've said this before. Everybody in the world knows that a mask has a purpose. Mm -hmm. But once it becomes associated with something else like um, distrust, a loss of power. Now, all of a sudden, it creates something within us, which is confusion and anger and hopelessness. And that's where people start to feel like a loss of power. What do I do now? And then suddenly, those who would resist, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, then the system came back and it tied your very economic life to it. Yep. And then that broke you a little bit more. Yeah, And so one of the things that, you know, I know we're going to get into the mental health part of that, but it's like what we have to do, I believe, as a nation of people-free individuals, we have to understand that we have to guard a lot of the information that we see, mm-hmm. right? We have to get back to simpler things. Mm, because I like that. Because truth is simple, and it's always true all over the planet. And... We have to value truth more than conjecture and opinion because opinion will cause us to think something that creates division, right? Two people walk in a store, one's got on a mask, one doesn't. One thinks one way, one thinks another. Well, okay, the truth then will take what looks like to opposed individuals and it will create one Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. even
1: though they may come from completely totally different walks of life the truth will bind them yeah because it always does and I think right now that's where from what I see in my work we have to we have to help people to find what the truth is Mm -hmm. because when they do all of a sudden they will realize I can connect with this person I can connect with that person and now all of a sudden we have consensus, yeah, and now we can move forward, and then we can turn this country back into what we believe it should be, which expresses the highest goals for all of its citizens. But
0: sometimes you have those that are in power giving you even conflicting messages. So that, that puts a whole nother spin on it, and then you have other individuals where you try to find truth and they've banned all of it so you know we could get into a whole nother where truth confronts bs right well,
1: well let me just say this and here's something for the listener because this is extraordinary we are talking about power that most people just really can't conceive right when if you just take a person that can be as flawed as any Right, Our elected officials. They're elected officials, but they're still human beings. And they got warts and weaknesses as well, too.
0: Some were elected. Anyway,
1: go ahead, coach. Oh, oh, okay. Ouch. But now you place that individual or groups of individuals in places of extraordinary power. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary, staggering wealth. Yeah. Decision making. Yeah
0: influence yeah. In the yeah and yards. so
1: the people i believe it's like we have to understand what we're giving away mm-hmm. because this is how we get it back it's like we gave it away we can get it back
0: one of the things that you said was um obviously very simple things and uh you know reducing things down to more simple um i visited a friend recently and uh, absolutely Love her, and uh, we've been friends for a long, long time. But, and it's kind of like sounds off topic, but when I was there, I felt a little uh, overwhelmed by how much stuff she has.
1: hmm.
0: And in the past, it never bothered me. And actually, in her old house, because she moved to this new one about three years ago, in her old house, she would have never, I mean, it was just, you know, everything was perfect. I mean, it was gorgeous, you know. She moves to this house. It's a different house. Not as much wall space, blah, blah, blah. But even just the de- decorations, it was like there was too much stuff. Mm-hmm. and I think what I did is I had made a decision in 2019 2018 actually that I was going to simplify everything nothing was gonna be on my walls that didn't have some type of meaning mm-hmm. nothing was gonna be you know uh, in in the house that did not have you know it didn't bring me joy or it wasn't excellent or wasn't a treasure other than that it not be in this house so I realized I had really honed in on simple things um, coffee with Mike at five are wine at nine. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. Wine at nine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You know, all of those things, very simple things I honed down. Uh, I think if I hadn't done that, Coach, I would probably be even worse off. But you said something that, before we went live, was seeking out things that are positive. Now, I thought that was an interesting phrase because it's seeking out. It's a very active, intentional Mm -hmm. thing you're doing right so um to me like that's probably like the best thing that you could do in these times is purposely seek that out
1: it is because people really want to feel good that's Mm -hmm. what they really want and in order to feel good you have to seek out those things you have to live a life that is consistent with being able to feel good yeah now you know We're talking about different value systems on a certain level. Some people want a lot of things. Some people don't need much. Yeah. But ultimately, how you relate to those things are going to determine whether or not if you're able to remain positive in your pursuit. Once we leave what I call like simple, um, authentic, authentic Mm -hmm. living, right? Now we... We placed our value on things that are really temporary and they're always under threat of being taken away. Yeah. Okay. And once that happens, then it becomes very difficult to keep your mind positive because you suddenly find that fears of loss are dominating your thinking. So take
0: the simple, even outside of material things, tangible things, and go into the intangible.
1: Absolutely, because this is what we're really talking about. right? Yeah. Um, we tend to think it is the material things that dominate the planet, but in mm-hmm. truth it's the intangible things. Yeah. I mean, we can look around us and see people It's like, oh wow, that person's got this and that, and then all of a sudden they're going through a divorce yeah right yeah or they got failing health and you find that they're trying to do everything that they can because what is most valuable are the simplest of things
0: yeah That's good. you know, good. That's you know
1: good. who wants to have a terrific company but their household is in turmoil
0: yeah yes, <sighs> yes. or that and that takes me back because I've got like 60 seconds after okay. the dentist so we
1: can do it in 60 seconds
0: All right, when you go back to the collective culture, I think that business owners would be very wise to determine who they are and this is what we do.
1: Exactly. And
0: communicating that to their staff because I have found a lot of times the staff has no idea. There's no collective identity uh, for them to rally around, especially in difficult times, high pressure, uh, busier than ever, uh, kinks in the system, whatever it is, change of even management at mm-hmm. some times, there has to be that culture created that starts with this is who we are. And so like when I think about, you know, genius communication, I am genuine. That's right. I am sure-footed. Yeah. And I'm trustworthy. Yeah. And so all of those things that that's who I am. So, anyone that would work for me in the future, they have to know that that's who we are. My clients don't like surprises. We're not going to throw curveballs in right, at them. Right. Uh, so, those are things that I think companies would be wise to do. And then, this is, like you said, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses think, well, what I do is I do title insurance or I do auto insurance or I do dentistry or I do, you know, clothing or I do jewelry or whatever it is. No, that's your product. That's right. That's not what you do.
1: That's right.
0: So to me, what I do is I solve problems Yep. and I make my clients
1: money. That's right.
0: Those are my two things. So it's getting those questions answered, I think would be really Important for a lot of companies to create that collective culture.
1: They do. I mean, you do that and you inspire loyalty. Yeah When you inspire loyalty, success is assured
0: And then the final thought is as you create that collective culture Allowing people to express that within those guidelines Enables them to still be who they are. Would that be an accurate statement?
1: Absolutely because um, Two brains are better than one brain. And mm-hmm. when they have harmony, so we can say this is your culture in your business, but that culture needs to make room for that young person or that other person in your in your workplace that has an idea that can totally transform what you're doing. Yeah. If you make room for that, again... You inspire loyalty, Mm -hmm. and you continue on the path of success.
0: So don't be a closed-off collective culture that's resistant to change. Maintain who you are and what you do, Mm -hmm. but don't be purely individualistic either, where everybody's just doing whatever. It's a combination of both centered around identity and how you serve your clients
1: and your community. Absolutely. Well said.
0: Very good. All All right, right, Gandalf.
1: All right, well, we'll see you next episode. Next episode.